Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, I'm Chris Penwell from ActiveQuest. And I'm Joseph Yaden. We are a video game podcast that takes a deep dive into the news, covering the latest gaming trends and stories pertaining to the industry. We also do our best to cover the most recent games and like to have an ongoing discussion with the audience. You can contact us on Twitter at ActiveQuestShow or via email at activequestpodcast at gmail.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you hear. You can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Play. We appreciate you listening, everyone. And now, on to the show. This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Did you know that ArtCast is on Patreon? Well, now you do. So go check out patreon.com slash ArtCast for ways to help out the show and get some sweet perks in return. It could be something small, such as our $1 tier to show your support, or you could join one of our higher tiers to get a shout-out, pick an episode topic, or even be a part of the show as a special guest. Even just sharing our show to your friends goes a long way. So once again, that's patreon.com slash ArtCast. Thanks for helping us, and keep it retro. What's up, Argonauts, and welcome to another Retro Gaming Podcast. This is episode 164 of the Rcast. I am your host, David Gilton, and with me is a man who is prepared to have rash, zits, and pimple on his body, Robert Workman. Okay, now first off, uh, yeah, I mean, with, with the tattoo, I suppose <laughs> that makes sense, but the way you say it, it makes it sound like I'm going to have, like, actual skin rashes on my body. Okay, yes, I did say I was going to get a Battletoads tattoo, but maybe say I'm going to get a Battletoads tattoo and not, like, a skin condition, David. You really need to, you need to work on your, your terminology there. It's all about phrasing. <laughs> you, you need to work on your damn phrasing. Anyway, yes, folks, uh, we did have a nice little E3 reveal of the Battletoads gameplay. We'll get into that there, but uh, E3 is happening this week. Alas, me and David are not at the show, but our guest is uh, he is actually there at the show floor now he's our buddy Emilio Lopez from the coalition and more importantly with the Contra Rope Corp team we're going to get into that Emilio what's going on buddy some people how's it going it's going <laughs> good to see you man we're actually going to get into that because Contra Rope Corp was officially revealed Contra returning with a vengeance with a 3D vengeance there David it's coming back with 3D we're going to get into that in a little bit but a ton of reveals taking oh, yeah. place this week where, where the hell do we start should we start with Contra Rogue Gore where, where do we start uh i guess so yes i mean we'll definitely get more into contra rogue core during like our main topic but yeah that, that was certainly like a like, you know a big uh, big like announcement um we were kind of like led in on that like a bit early when we were helping uh, tony polanco out over at the throwdown and we we're kind of talking a bit about that and got like the four you know the 411 if you will on it yep. <laughs> um and uh yeah it, it was just like amazing to see contra come back really and uh, you know certainly certainly like a different take i feel like on contra but certainly one that uh, I think still ignites like a lot of that uh, of like the retro vibe within the, the within the franchise. Yeah, definitely introducing some weird characters like I saw a panda with a gun and and uh, you know like a bunch of different like some sort of weird chick that was definitely down to like fight some people and definitely has that three D vibe. It almost looks like a Legacy of War that looks like it's ready to succeed, if you will. It definitely has that vibe going for it, and it looks like it has online multiplayer going for it. Definitely looks like the fun contra game that we kind of need again. There, doesn't it, Emilio? I mean, is is that the vibe that your team's going for? Would you say, Emilio, that the fun contra vibe? Yeah, that's that's a pretty much what uh, Nakazato-san is looking to do, where he's trying to make a kind of a fun, uh, you know shooter type of game uh, at least this from the way when when i first saw it was it looked a lot like dead nation to me those sorts of twin shooters sort of things and it has a little bit it, it's a little bit of the dna of the original arcade game because if you remember the arcade game it never was always a side scroller game it was actually also had you know you know uh you know a top a top down uh, gameplay it also had like you know you know, behind over the shoulder sections too. You know, where you fought the, some of the bosses and that sort of stuff. So it's kind of the, an, a, a, like a new adaption of that same idea. 
Nice. There you go. There and you on go. top of that, uh, fans can actually put, check out Contra Collection because it got a phantom release out of nowhere. It's available today for Xbox One, PlayStation 4, Nintendo Switch, and PC. And it has the NES Contra, a game that we never thought we'd see again because we thought, you know, like it hasn't been released in years. But it also has Super C, Contra 3, The Alien Wars, Contra Hardcore, Probotector, Super Pro, well, I'm sorry, uh, Probotector Hardcore, Super Probotector, uh, Operation C, a number of great games. It's 20 bucks. Uh, nice little surprise there as well. Uh, I've been playing the hell out of it. David, have you dug into this little collection yet? Uh, not yet, but that's definitely on my wish list at some point. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's certainly like a very impressive collection. And I feel like one of the better deals as far as like these Konami collections are concerned, just with the sheer number of games and also the sheer quality of games as well. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just really cool to have all of them like, you know, all in one uh, in one package like that. Um, but like another game that we have to talk about, honestly, and uh, this is like another one that is kind of taking a different take on an old franchise is Battletoads. Um, so I, re- I think I recall you on social media there, Robert, talking about um, like, you know, how you're, you know, you're, you're still like a fan of like the like art style, even though like, the art style takes like a very different like approach. It's almost like adult swim kind of like Saturday morning cartoon kind of like feel to it. Yeah, it goes for a more hand drawn tr- approach. Um, but I like that, you know, and a lot of people are saying, you know, it's a great new approach to, you know, it gives a little freshness to the franchise. And those that have played it, like my buddy, uh, Travis Moody there, they said it plays just like a classic brawler should. And on top of that, you know, like the, the jet bike stages have a, have a new 3d approach. So you can actually beat them this, this time around, which is kind of nice. You know, It's like behind the back basically. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So they're still challenging though. And, you know, there are some minor gripes Some people say that like the dark queen isn't as sexy this time around or whatever but the fact of the matter is i I haven't even seen what she looked like yet i just saw that little bit of gameplay and then i was like yeah it looks cool yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I, you know, I'm a man of my word. I, I'm already got an appointment to go talk to the guy at the tattoo parlor about getting a Battletoads tattoo. And hopefully Rare will <laughs> take it. Finally get notice. some ink. <laughs> Finally get some ink. And hopefully somebody will get me a, a plush and a t-shirt. That'd be nice. There was there a lot of, there was a, a couple, quite a, a bit of like Battletoads uh, t-shirts and stuff here. It's probably because of the uh, Xbox, uh, you know, uh, thing. Yeah. You know what there needs to be more of, though? Panzer Dragoon stuff. Because I'll tell you, we lost our minds when we saw yesterday that uh, Forever Entertainment is bringing Panzer Dragoon to the Nintendo Switch. Now, we we heard about this news, the Panzer Dragoon HD remake news last year, but we didn't think it was going to happen so soon. And as a Nintendo Switch exclusive. But the first footage there, David and Amelia, uh, it looks very good. The team is yeah. doing a nice job so far with the game. I'll tell you what. Tony lost his mind. Tony's like, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> that, that's his. That's his. That's Tony's like ultimate. One of his ultimate favorite games. Like when he bought the the Sega uh, Saturn, that's the game that he got with it. Yeah, it was like a launch title. I remember on it, and like mm-hmm. it's, it's like s- such a beloved like franchise. Honestly, that a lot of people have been hoping to see come back in a big way. And this is like certainly you know if certainly, certainly can, a big way of doing it. Mm-hmm. If they can get Pens of Dragon Saga out there you know the, the rpg one yeah that <laughs> that's i mean dream. i think that's the one that um that's like missing like the source code or something like that like sega like yeah. lost the source code for that so i mean the, you know I, th- I think they would have like no choice honestly but to go the remake process with that because obviously they, they don't they have to do it from the ground up but yeah um, yeah well, it, it'll be amazing to see that come back in some way we'll never I mean, say never you would have to do what like what square did with kingdom hearts they literally have to um you know go from the ground up and rebuild the game or, you know, from, from whatever, whatever they have, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But Hey, you know, never say never. I mean, look how long it took for, uh, you know, the secret of Mana collection to get a U.S. port. And then finally, you know, it happened this week, the collection of Mana now available for Nintendo switch. It brings final fantasy adventure, mystic quest, secret of Mana and trials of Mana to the Nintendo mm-hmm. switch, you know, and for the uh, very first time in the States as yeah, well. Like, Cause I mean, like it's English lo- localized and like, you know that that is essentially second that sets you three, uh, yep. which we've talked about on, on the on the show before, and it is Trials of Mana, and is it's just amazing to see that come out, as well as like the fact that there is going to be like a remake of that game too. Yeah, I mean, yep. you know, the the fact they're giving Mana so much love again, it, it, it's really good, you know. And I I downloaded the Mana collection, and it is it, it's a lovely blast from the pa- in the past, you know. And usually I'm not an RPG man, so that's that's speaking about something. That, that, that's mm. really something. Well, they're more like action RPGs too, so I think it might be like easier for someone like you who's just generally not into rpgs to, to sink your teeth into it so. exactly yeah. it was it was you know at the time it was like one of those one of those rare ones that you actually could you know it was more actually than the turn base yeah yeah 
and also like the you know also also the fact too that like it's in it's an you know it's an RPG series as well that promotes multiplayer and um that you know that, that's that's certainly like a rare thing to find in like in any RPG game basically so it's it's just a really cool thing to have that you know have that come back and you know be like on like Nintendo Switch as well as all the other platforms there so mm-hmm. speaking of something we never thought we'd see a Nintendo Switch Benjo Kazooie, yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, they will be making their return in Smash Brothers Ultimate this fall as playable characters. Uh, you know, we got a little tease there in their trailer with the Duck Hunt characters, kind of like you know, giving us a little bit of trolling there before they actually the amazing you know, troll job. Yeah. It, it, was, it was probably <laughs> one of the best Smash Brothers trailers we've gotten yet. But then you know, then the music kicked in and their stage design kicked in, and it was just incredible. And it totally overshadowed the Dragon Quest heroes that we got in the smash brothers trailer uh that beforehand that they're coming this summer but that mm-hmm. nice little one-two punch for smash brothers fans i really think I feel those like, are great. i, I feel like when it comes to dragon quest at least in the states they don't have that same sort of love as they do in japan you know mm-hmm. with ja- dragon you say anything dragon quest in japan and they're they're on it like you know <laughs> Yeah, I mean, really, like, a lot of the Dragon Quest fans, like, here stateside are, like, the major weebs, more or less. Like, they're just, like, super, super huge into, like, that franchise and anything, like, Japanese, really, in that sense. Um, but, yeah, it is cool to see Dragon Quest get more, um, you know, become more prominent, I guess, uh, like, you know, like, on the West. Uh, same thing with, like, Persona and, like, all these other kind of, like, franchises and, like, you know, brands, whatever, that generally only have, like, a Japanese audience attached to them. Yeah, the one, I think the, the you know, Persona's always kind of had a fan base, but it's, it, I think it kind of got... It got the attention that it needed to get when the you know Persona Five came out, and the, mm-hmm. in the way it did, I think that um, you know like at least from the, the sense that I got from the you know the Smash Brothers kind of roster, it's usually like mostly Japanese characters. But I do mm-hmm. feel like definitely that it made sense that they got a character like Banjo to be in there because he's so attached to you know Nintendo history as much as those other characters, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And on top of that, now we have the possibility, of possibly seeing uh, the banjo games, possibly or again, possibly with saying fifteen times showing up on Nintendo <laughs> Switch. But uh, there's so many possibilities out there, though. So that's the thing. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and we shouldn't really talk. You know, I mean, there is Dragon Quest love here because that also leads to another interesting story. We're getting a Dragon Dragon Quest Slime controller. It has been yeah. announced for our market for Nintendo Switch. And David's right. It's practically looking like a blue hamburger on the bottom because it, it looks just <laughs> like the PlayStation 4 controller. It's a cute little blue slime up top. And then when you turn it over, it does look like a hamburger-shaped controller with all these little sticks and everything like that. But I know a lot of people who are going to pick this up when it comes out in September. Because it does look pretty adorable. Well, I, I, you know, I, I was saying before, like about how you know that the OG Xbox controller was always kind of considered to be the hamburger controller, and now we literally have a controller that is shaped like a hamburger, pretty much. <laughs> um, so I, I'm just kind of curious, I guess, with like how this feels. Like, I imagine it'll be kind of like a little, little soft and squishy, much like how slime is in the Dragon Quest series. Um, but Emilio, I was, was kind of curious if this is something that you would possibly pick up. Probably not. I mean, the, the original, you know, the other slime controllers that came out. Those things were not very soft. They were actually pretty damn hard, you know? Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, they were not, like, they're not the most comfortable controllers you could ever use on the planet. It's really made from more of the novelty of it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's not. It's like, hey, look, we got a slime control, but really it's not the best thing to be playing a game on. It's like a shelf piece, really, more than anything. Exactly. Else, yeah. Like the Resident it's Evil like chainsaw the, controller. Like, exactly. <laughs> it's like the Resident Evil chainsaw, where it's like, okay, it's the silly thing. It's really awesome, but is it good for playing games? Not really. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough there, yeah. And um, another major release uh, over there at E3 was also the RK 1UP cabinets, uh, namely the Atari Star Wars cabinet, uh, which includes, uh, like, it, it was it the um, Atari Star Wars, Atari um, Empire Strikes Back, and Atari Return of the Jedi um, which is really cool because you know it's just all like the vector graphics there in full glory, basically. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. and it's got a riser to match. I mean, mm-hmm. um, I'm already on the phone, be like, I, I need this. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care. Buy, yeah. buy couch. You know, I, I don't need a couch. So yeah, I'm making room for this. Bad, but but that's not all. You know, they also revealed a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle four player arcade cabinet. They revealed uh, a Marvel um, cabinet that includes X Men, Children of the Atom, Marvel superheroes, and the Punisher side scrolling beat 'em up. And they revealed a series of cocktail um, machines featuring Pac Man, a uh, twelve player. Or I'm sorry, 12-game Capcom cabinet, an Asteroids game, and more. And those are coming out this fall as well for like $499 a piece. So, I mean, Arcade 1-Up is seriously stacking up its game here with a number of available items. And they're not done yet. I mean, they could probably reveal even more games later this year. 
I'm surprised. Absolutely. I actually saw some of those on the show floor. Uh, fun thing about that Ninja Turtles one is that it's not fully um, uh, right, by the way. Not fully. Oh, like um, there's like some like differences like from the original cabinet? Yes, because it actually has to do with the, the, the actress that's playing April O'Neil on the side of the cabinet. Oh, really? So like the, the like, rights for her likeness then in that case? Yes, eh? it has to do with her likeness. So her, her face is actually... They probably Nika did it too, where they replaced her face with another actress's face just so that they could get around that thing. So it may not actually be the real face, her face on the thing there. It's just actually somebody else's face that kind of put it, you photoshopped in. It's not like Megan Fox or anything, is yeah. it? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it? Well, if they have the rights for it, Megan, <laughs> you know what they could do? They, they just get the Turtles in Time arcade cabinet art. Problem solved. Yeah, I mean, it does because, like, because I know that Turtles of Time is one of the games that's in there too, yeah. so that would make sense. Yeah, just yeah. I'll, I'll suggest to them help save money. I mean, all, all all I ask is you know send me a machine for the trouble, please. <laughs> right, right, exactly. I need to like inspect this a little closer yeah. here. Um, and the other major reveal, uh, like over at E three, was also the TurboGrafx sixteen Mini. So this is like <laughs> another line of like all these like mini consoles that are coming out. So why not the TurboGrafx sixteen? Mm-hmm. And um, Emilio, I, like, I don't know if you got like you know if you got like a close look at that or like over at the e3 show floor uh no i haven't actually seen it uh, I, I we didn't even know what was coming you know i you know doing work for konami i wish i knew what that what was, was coming but everybody you know obviously when when they're above your pay grade they're not gonna everybody's pretty much <laughs> remains pretty hush hush about it but sure, yeah you know i know a lot of people were really surprised at the fact that um konami was actually putting this console out because they're like never nobody connects konami with Hudson, the company, or, or mm-hmm. NEC, the companies that made those things. But the one thing to know is that years ago, K- Konami and that company merged. Yep. And the yep. reason why, and that's why they, they, they've been actually putting out their games ever since. Yeah. All those virtual console games and all those things are all put out by Konami. They just yeah. don't say it on the. Yeah. I mean, like, it's cool to see that, that Konami is coming out with more of these, like, Hudson Soft, like, line of games, and also with the TurboGrafx-16 now, in this case. Um, and, like, the lineup of games, too, that we have know so far, anyway, for, for the mini console, uh, there's R-Type, New Adventure Island, Ninja Spirit, East Book 1 and 2, Dungeon Explorer, and Alien Crush. And you have to imagine, like, as they're going to, like, reveal more games on there, that there's going to be, like, a bonk game or two in there as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, in fact, the PGZ Engine Mini, the Japanese version, it has bonk and has Dracula X Rondo of Blood, so... Mm. Nice yeah, choices, I, I could definitely see Konami saying, "Hey, we're putting Rondo of Blood on here." Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I mean, we'll probably see a Bomberman game because they know some multi-tap support. Yep. So we'll probably see that, and we they'll handle like CD games. So I wouldn't be surprised if they announce like a couple more, you know, titles that come from the um, CD. I mean, I would love to see Lord of Lords of Thunder and Gate of Thunder. I was just thinking of that. Yeah, it'd be amazing yep. if they got those games on there too. You know, it also totally. be a fun one to put on there because this was on there as well. Uh, Street Fighter. Or mm. fighting street, oh, yeah. <laughs> fighting streets. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Let's do fighting street because Street Fighter. There's no way it would work with just the two buttons. We tried that. Yeah. But fighting yeah. street would totally would. Just saying. Oh yeah. Uh, well, yeah. that was that was on there. So I think it was the CD or the or it was a, a cue card. I can't remember. And maybe uh, Keith Courage and uh, or no Airzonk. Please give me Airzonk. For sure, yeah. But one thing uh, that I definitely want to ask you about, Emilio, that, that's pretty much at the end of the news, but I definitely wanted to ask you about the power outage, apparently, that happened over there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Where were you when that happened? I was actually waiting online at the Bandai Namco booth, and uh, I was literally just looking. You know you, you know how you just kind of hang out on a line and you just look around and everything? And I was literally looking across the way at the Ubisoft booth, and then literally all the screens went, just fall off. <laughs> and it made a noise like that, too. Man, kind of it's like circuit oh, breaker, like going down pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and, but come to find out, I just, I just thought it was the Ubisoft booth, but it was actually, apparently it was most of the convention that went off. Uh, my, co- oh, you know, my, uh, my friend and also colleague, you know, I work with, uh, said like, yeah, you know, like he was hanging, he was getting something to eat and then the old lights went off in there. Uh, some of uh, people who are near the Nintendo booth that I knew, they said, yeah, the lights went off over there. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty interesting. It's like, wow, that's the first time I've ever seen that happen. Yeah. yeah. And um, what was kind of cool, honestly, like about it, though, was the fact that Nintendo Treehouse was going on at the time. And apparently when when like the, um, the like, power went out in the convention center, 
they had a message already prepared there uh, with error from Zelda 2, <laughs> apparently I saying, am I am error. We're experiencing some difficulties. Nintendo Treehouse Live will be back soon with more gameplay and information you can't get anywhere else. Stick around. Um, so I, th- yeah, I thought that was they, kind of like a cute little like message that they had up there during their, when, their, they when have, their stream was they, I'm sure they had like a thing. Yeah, they probably had a thing prepared just for any sort of technical difficulties. But yeah, they, yeah. at least it's a very fun and a very aware sort of thing. It's that Nintendo charm pretty much right there. Yeah. So. <laughs> Welcome. That's going to lead us now to the part of the show called What Do You Play? We've got some games we've all been playing or have recently beat. So, Emilio, why don't you tell us what you've been playing? I, I imagine it's like some <laughs> games possibly on the show floor, right? Uh, yeah, it actually did. I actually played, wow, uh, there was an Arc System Works new fighting game. I can't remember, fully remember the name of that one. Oh, um, was it Grand Blue or something Yes, like that? I got to play that. It was really cool. Um, like a, like a, you know, it from what the, the, the guy at the booth said, that it's like a, it's a slightly easier sort of fighting game for, for a little bit to be a little mm. bit more open to everybody. So instead of doing special moves, you actually have a special move button and, you know, like light medium attacks. And it's actually kind of, it's a, it's a really uh, well done thing. And I, I definitely want to try it out. I obviously our arc system works and they do that, you know, the way they do those sorts of, you know, uh, you know, it just looks like animation. Just a gorgeous anime style games pretty much. Yeah. Just like, just like with Dragon Ball fighters and all that. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the Guilty Gear games, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else out there? Also played uh, Sakuna, Sakuna, which is also at the same booth. Uh, oh, uh, is that the Switch game or like the action RPG Switch game? Yeah, it's a it's a Switch slash PlayStation Four game I, or maybe PC game. I, I didn't look at the other. One. I played it on the Switch at the at the play. At the mm-hmm. thing. Really cool game. Like you know, it reminded me of um, Dragon's Crown slash um, yeah. uh, you know a couple of Vanillaware sorts of games, except it's not like you know, um, painted artwork. It's more uh, 3D models and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so let's see. I'm looking at what I play. I also played the, the Genesis um, Mini. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, I heard, I, they have a, I heard they have like a big 50-foot controller at their booth. Yeah, they had a big 50-foot <laughs> controller. It's funny. I think I saw one of the one of the original older developers actually playing on that giant controller playing Streets of Rage. <laughs> I played, I played uh, what was it? Um, uh, I played Altered Beast, you know, because you got to go back to the beginning. Of course. And, yeah, I played that. And I want. I was on the Namco line to to, to play that game by um, the, the Until Dawn guys, but uh, I, I had to meet somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else. I'm, lo- I'm looking at, because you know how like, they give you swag with everything? Of course. When you yeah. play something, they give you a little bit of swag to go with. So I'm just looking through right here. Through here. Oh, um. Oh, I can't. There's another game that I played. I can't remember the name. Well, I watched a, a presentation of, and it was for where it's like you're playing like this really nice looking art, um, kind of flat style painted game, and you and you can see into three different um, times. Oh, okay. So, like in the center is the, is the present. On the right side of the of a triangle is is the past, and on the left is the is the the present. You know, is the future. So you can like you. It's like an like a action. No, it's a turn based RPG that you use these different this this time aspect to kind of affect the, the enemy. So like if you have like an enemy that has a shield, right? What you do is in the in the past you throw um, um, water onto their shield, and then you push them into the future, and then their shield essentially smashes because it's rusted. Interesting. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Interesting. I can't exactly remember, but it was a pretty good presentation. It looked like a cool game. Nice. Do you remember like which booth it was? Or? Uh, no, I can't remember. Oh, <laughs> okay, all right. We'll look and out also for played, that, I also played Mortal Kombat a little bit. I played some Shang Tsung. Oh, they have, a, they oh, have yeah. like an ice cream booth with like pitch black ice cream cones. I think <laughs> I it's outside. I <laughs> oh, I didn't I didn't see that. But uh, but when I did play it, I, I got a, a, a coin that the uh, of Shang Tsung that says your soul is mine. Oh, nice. That's amazing. <laughs> That's the so price good. you the price you pay, Emilio. The price you pay. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> mine. Nice. That's amazing. How about you, there, Robert? Uh, I've been playing Mana Collection and Contra Collection mostly, uh, and patiently waiting for Crash Team Racing. Uh, I gotta tell you though, Contra Collection. Uh, actually, the team that worked on that is M2. Uh, those are the guys that yep. did a lot of uh, Sega Ages stuff, you know, like Virtual Racing, which they did confirm for the U.S. It's coming on June twenty sixth. So, uh, good chance to pick that up if you guys didn't import that already. M2, they do amazing stuff, and hope Konami teams up with them for more collections. Hint, hint. Sunset yep. Riders. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It's 
seeds to Emilio. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and Mana Collection is pretty cool stuff. And uh, yeah, I definitely recommend that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've just been working on those two for a little while, just waiting for the next release. Next week is going to be busy with Bloodstain and Crash Team Racing. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. Bloodstain's yep. coming out. That's yeah, Bloodstain's right. not too far off. Bloodstained should be waiting for me at my home because I was a backer on that game. Yeah, yeah I, I saw the uh, the copies. They're, they're they're looking good. They're looking really good. Uh, what about you, dear David? What are you playing? Uh, so I actually played Undertale for the first time ever. Um, this is like a game that I just kind of had like on my digital backlog pretty much for like a long, long while. And I figured it's like, you know what? I should probably get around to, to, um, to, you know, to, to, you know, to actually playing this. Cause I, I saw like that the game grumps were like playing and I was just like, Ooh, okay. Like, I don't want to watch like anything about this game unless I play it myself first. So I, I you know, I just kind of like went through it and, uh, yeah, it's, it's a really charming game. I could definitely see why it became like such an indie darling hit. Um, certainly a lot of like great like humor to it and um, yeah a lot of like memorable moments memorable characters as well and um, yeah it's you know it's just like a lot of fun and uh, there was also like the Delta Rune game that came out uh, which I believe was a free download to kind of get you like uh, you know kind of like jazzed up I guess like for like after Undertale more or less and um, yeah it definitely feels like a follow-up to Undertale in a lot of ways like not only thematically but also in a way that the combat system is in that game I think I still kind of prefer Undertale as far as like how it runs and just how like I guess like um, more simplistic I guess I, I kind of dig the more simplistic style of Undertale as opposed to Delta Rune, but I'm still I'm still liking Delta Rune, so still playing through that. Uh, I'm also playing through King's Quest right now, which is the um, the new nice. King's Quest, yeah, nice. um, the one that has um, Christopher Lloyd, I believe, as like the old yeah. man in it. So, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I'm definitely enjoying that. And uh, I also downloaded Final Fantasy VII on Switch because obviously with all the hype, you know, sur- you know, surrounding <laughs> around Final Fantasy VII remake, right. um, it just kind of you know, m- you know made me to uh, pine for that. And it was also on sale, so I was like, all right, they know what they're doing with this. I'm just gonna buy <laughs> it, whatever. So, <laughs> you know, so I'm definitely excited to uh, deep dive into that again. And uh, I do have a game here which you can deep dive into. Uh, it's called Slay the Spire. So you may have heard about this. There's yes. been a lot of rave about this game. Uh, this is the Switch code. So Slay the Spire fuses card games and roguelikes together to make the best single-player deck builder imaginable. Craft a unique deck, encounter bizarre creatures, discover relics of immense power, and slay the spire. So if that sounds like a jam, definitely jump on this. Again, this is a Switch code. The code is c 3 hx F seven S N D one Y V L five H. So that is Slay the Spire on Switch. Enjoy. Welcome back to the stage of history. And with that, we have the stage of history, which is a celebration of retro titles that deserve a spot for better or for worse in the pantheons of history. So I figure since we're going to be talking about uh, basically the old school games or franchises, I guess, that we saw come back in a big way during E3, I bring up first off Panzer Dragoon. So this is a 1995 rail shooter by Team Andromeda. It was one of the six launch titles for the Sega Saturn. The fictional language used is a mixture of ancient Greek, Latin, and Russian. Although influenced by games like Star Fox, director Yukio Futatsugi uh, was especially influenced by one of his favorite childhood stories, The Long Afternoon of Earth. So, uh, Emilio, have you played Panzer Dragoon? Oh, yeah, I've played it it, uh, mostly. Actually, it's funny, I never owned a a Sega Saturn. It was actually both my my friend uh, Tony and my friend Mike that you had them. So I played it a lot at their places. It was a really cool game. I mean, like, uh, you know, it was like the first time we ever saw any of that, like, especially with, with the crazy reflective water that they did in that thing. Yeah, it was a technical masterpiece, really, in a lot of ways back then. So, um, yeah, I, I, you know, honestly, like, I never owned a Saturn either, uh, but I did. I, I do remember playing it at, um, like, a Toys R Us kiosk, I believe, and uh, I remember, you know, I, I remember liking it a lot just because, like, you know, I was a big Star Fox fan anyway, and just felt like Star Fox, but with, like, you know, with, like, dragons, obviously, and it's, like, sci-fi settings, so... Uh, I was definitely all about it, but um, never actually kind of played it like all the way through or anything, just in like bits and pieces. So I'm definitely excited to deep dive when the Switch version comes out. Uh, Robert, I imagine you have plenty to say about Panzer Dragoon, right? Oh yeah, this was one of the reasons I got like a Sega Saturn to begin with. I mean, the whole uh, <laughs> the whole reason, the whole. I mean, I really dug like the whole 360 degree style of play. Um, you know, in terms of, like looking around you and shooting all the enemies that are surrounding you. The visuals were spectacular at the time, and uh, Yoshitaka Azuma's soundtrack was amazing. Mm, yeah. uh, and it just it really. I was going to mention that. Yeah, it was just it's really well put together, you know, and the fact that you know Forever Entertainment actually knows what they're doing in terms of the remaster and i really hope that when they do re-release it there's a saturn mode so we get to enjoy the original mm-hmm. game 
I mean, a lot of other games seem to be like doing that with like the retro graphics and being able to switch back and forth between like modern and retro. So it wouldn't surprise me, honestly. Well, you know, because Panzer Dragoon Orta has that. It has the original Panzer Dragoon as a bonus feature. Yep. Yeah, it'd be great to see it just come back yet again for Switch. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is one of my favorite all-time um, Sega Saturn games, right up there with uh, Zwei and uh, Saga. Mm, for sure, Zwei, for sure. Zwei, oh, Zwei, Zwei, yeah. Two! <laughs> Two! There we <laughs> <Two>. go. <laughs> and the next game we have here in the stage of history is Banjo-Kazooie Nuts and Bolts. So this is a 2008 action-adventure game by Rare. It takes place eight years after the events of Banjo-Tooie. Development first began as a remake of the original Banjo-Kazooie, and the vehicle construction-based gameplay was inspired by Lego blocks, which is not too surprising. Um, I remember like um, when this first came out, and I was kind of interested in checking it out, and then I heard about the whole vehicle customization thing and like how that's like a big part of like what the gameplay actually is, and I wasn't really into it. I'm, I'm still not really into like a lot of like I don't know construction and like building stuff in games. Really, that's why I'm not like a Minecraft fan really, you know, either. Um, but I know like this this game definitely has like its fans, and it was actually actually you know the last Banjo Kazooie game to have come out, so we're definitely high time for a new one. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it it definitely took a different approach from the first two games with its vehicular building, and it didn't have as much platforming as the first two games had, but it definitely has a level of charm. And, you know, it definitely uh, had its touches in terms of originality, sense of humor, mission structure. Uh, It it stood on its own, but I could definitely see people calling this like the weakest of the three Banjo-Kazooie games just because it was so different, but... I still thought it was kind of fun. And the fact that people can still rediscover it in Rare Replay and the fact that it is now, you know, remastered, because this is like one of the final uh, remastered Xbox One X games as part of the final backward compatible update, which also we didn't talk about. Mm. Uh, but just a quick touch up, it was a bunch of different games. But right. this is one of the final Xbox One X games to get upgraded to that hardware it, it's just really cool to rediscover especially now if people are like oh what's this banjo kazooie business all about <laughs> well let's show you you know what's this baron bird all about i have no idea <laughs> baron bird nah, you know. right. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. oh wait a little bit more on that banjo game yeah um years ago i used to work at a production company uh called uh for kids productions oh yeah uh we used to do the uh the ninja turtles cartoon but at the same time we also used to do um the Viva Pinata animated series uh, based on uh, based on the video game. At the same time, we had this. We had the a uh, the we had the, that property. We were also talking with uh, Microsoft on a bunch of other properties at the same time, and we also started development on a uh, Banjo Kazooie animated series, which Ooh. was going to which was supposed to launch very close to when the uh, Nuts and Bolts game was going to come out. Mm. But unfortunately, there was a lot of like a lot of different sort of things. Like at one point we, you know, we were doing a bunch of different designs. We did ones that looked very close to the video game. We did others that were kind of like total reimaginings of the, of the, of the IP. So, or it's like, you know, Banjo has like, you know, different kind of an outfit. It looks more adventurous and all kinds of other stuff. Were you doing like the art for that or? Yeah, I actually did some design work, some little bit of design work. Um, a few years back, I actually did around the time of a uh, ukulele. I actually did, um, post a little bit about well, what the, that on my Twitter account about the, you know, about the, yeah. the, the work that we had did, but we never really finished it. We did some color designs and they did approve some things, but eventually it kind of fell through because there wasn't a full idea as to what we were going to do. And I think they didn't want to fully go into what they were going to be doing with um, the new nuts and bolts game. Wow. I mean, I feel like we could like make like a whole other episode really like on this like story alone. That, that's just like amazing, man. <laughs> yeah. Totally. That's, that's really cool. So, like, I, like, I was kind of curious, like, just to dig, like, a little deeper into this. Um, what was, I guess, like, your idea for how Banjo-Kazooie should look like in, like, a TV show? And, like, you know, how, how would it be, like, marketed and all that? Well, the thing is, it wasn't, it wasn't only me. It was, a, like, literally it was our team from Ninja Turtles doing the, 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 doing the, the development of the idea. Uh, usually the way, at least what we used to do then was that we used to kind of, um, there are a lot of, a lot of prof- you know, professional artists on the team. So, it's just like getting different people's impressions of the same sort of idea. So one, again, one of us went very close to the, to the thing. Some of us went very kind of, you know, broad where the banjo would be like huge and hulking and then because would be this little tiny backpack, you know, right. stuff like that. So I really kind of play around with like the like proportions of it, I guess, in a sense. Yeah. Like play, yeah, play around with the proportions. Also, you know, trying to, you know, take it in different directions oh, yeah, or take it back. back. 
And for me, what I did was I kind of did like revisionings of the ideas, same ideas. So it's like I did, um, you know, I drew mumbo, a kind of a, a different, like a little bit of a different sort of proportion mumbo. And I drew, uh, you know, a version of banjo where his, you know, with a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit of a different shape, but still, that still kind of harkens back to the original idea. Funny thing is that, like, you know how much people kind of hate that Sonic, um, not the movie Sonic, but the, the, the Sonic Boom? Yeah, Sonic Boom. Yeah. Some of the ideas that I had at the, that time were some similar things. Like, oh, really? he did have, <laughs> he, he did have, like, he had, like, like the, my, at least the one that I designed was like, he's, the idea was he's supposed to be more adventurous. So he had, like, like wrappings around his hands and, like, he wore, like, you know, boots that could, you know, like, like, in other words, like, he was, you know, adventuring instead of just being like a, a cartoon bear in, a, in a, some shorts. Just sleeping in the forest, whatever, and just wake up and collect like puzzle pieces or whatever. So, oh, man. <laughs> well, that's not the only banjo kazooie related thing that we're going to get into because now it's time for Obscura. And for this one, I thought I'd dig into a banjo kazooie game that we really don't see that often, and it's Grunty's Revenge. This was released on the Game Boy Advance back in 2003, developed by Rare and published by THQ, of all people. Uh, originally, uh, Rare began work on the game back in August 1999, when it was under another name, Grunty's Revenge. Uh, and before that, it was actually called Grunty's Cursed, and was originally planned for release on the Game Boy Color, with an entirely different plot. However, uh, Nintendo released the Game Boy Advance soon after, and Microsoft was able to negotiate a deal with THQ to publish Grunty's Revenge alongside Rare's other Game Boy Advance projects, and it eventually came out in September 2003. Uh, there was also a mobile phone port released in June 2005. Essentially, it was kind of like an overworld um, 3D adventure done in 2D, an adventure platformer in which uh, Banjo and, of course, his bird friend Kazooie have to make their way through levels, and is they actually use time travel to get through the world uh, in which they go up against Gruntildo yet again. Um, it's kind of interesting. Um, you know, Banjo still goes through the world. He can walk, jump, crouch, and attack enemies with his backpack. And along the way, he collects golden musical notes still, like he always does. And he also uh, is able to purchase additional ability, uh, abilities from a mole by the name of Bazai. That's actually his name. And after he uh, rescues Kazooie, who's been kidnapped by Gruntilda, uh, he is able to use his backpack even further. Um, the gaming mechanics are interesting here. And, of course, the jiggies return, the puzzle pieces, which you can collect in the course of the game. But, of course, the 2D art style threw a lot of players off because they're used to the 3D art style from the original N64 games. But this was a fun little uh, spinoff for the series. It just it didn't really get the attention that uh, Rare was kind of hoping for because, obviously... It was a more limited platform at the time. And also a lot of people thought right. that it was a shorter length and a lower difficulty setting. But, you know, some people still thought it was pretty fun. And, you know, I don't know if we'll ever see a re-release, but uh, I thought it was an interesting little throwback. You know, when a lot of us talk about Banjo-Kazooie games, obviously the first two games are looked at with love. You know, not many people talk about Nuts and Bolts, but fewer people talk about Grunty's Revenge. I mean, I don't know if either of you guys ever had a chance to play Grunty's. I mean, I definitely never played it, um, but uh, I've, I have heard of it, and um, it, it is kind of cool to kind of hear more about it, and especially with the, the whole time travel aspect of it. kind of reminds me of Blinks the Time Cat, I guess, a little bit. Mm -hmm. How about you, Emilio? Have you ever chance to check it out? Oh, no, I never. I, actually, I, I got a, a game, was a Game Boy Advance? Game Boy Advance, yeah. yeah I came up with Game Boy Advance, yeah. Yeah, I, I got a Game Boy Advance pretty late in the game. I never had one for very long. Yeah, but it was. I thought it was an interesting little thing. What I thought was rather cool was like this came at a time in which Microsoft kind of inadvertently supported Nintendo. This was earlier back in the day when you know you didn't expect Microsoft to actually support Nintendo with its games. You know, obviously we were mm -hmm. never going to get that Halo project that reportedly came out a while back for like the DS or whatever it was. But we were seeing stuff like Banjo Kazooie and Conquer and whatever it was. But it was just kind of interesting how this spinoff found life after originally started as life as a Game Boy Color game. And what's more, you know, there were interesting mini games as well. You could fish and you could target shoot. And but it was just kind of interesting, like how it got mapped out with like 3D style worlds with a 2D setting. You know, you, you can do something like with Donkey Kong Country, but it starts out in 2D. But it's kind of interesting way you, how you can take a 3D world and compress it into 2D. You know what I mean? It, you kind of sense some of the limitations from that. 
For sure, hmm. yeah. I mean, that's that's usually the case whenever you have like any sort of like popular franchise that has like its home like in home consoles, and then bring it over to like the portable system. And usually, it's just meant to be like a watered down version that's meant to kind of make like a quick buck, like based on like the IP or whatever for like the portable system owners. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like it seems like it's still like a fun time yeah. if you like really, really are like thirsty for some uh, for some Banjo Kazooie. Yeah, well, so. if you're curious, I mean, it should be easy to hunt down a copy, fairly easy. Um, probably easier to find than it's Mr. Pants. So. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And that's going to lead us now to the main topic, which is basically going to be all about Emilio's game. I'm going to say Emilio's game, even though I know you're not the only one working on Emilio, <laughs> but Emilio's game, Contra Rogue Corps. So uh, basically, I figure we'll, we'll kind of get into, I guess, like with what makes it feel like a Contra game, because obviously... Um, when like the trailer dropped, I, I feel like that there was kind of like a mixture of like reactions to it, like you know certainly surprise at the fact that like oh my god Contra's back, and also like maybe some confusion over like is is this Contra is this not Contra like as far as like you know is this, is a Contra only by name or like is it really gonna like you know bring in the feel of like old school Contra games? So Amelia, I figure we'll have you kind of start off on this conversation as far as like what makes Rogue Core feel like a Contra game. Well, I think it's I think it's one of the things about it is that it's trying to kind of pull from a little bit from from some of the older Contra games. Not exactly the two D portions of them, but like I like I said, back to the arcade game where we kind of had those switching of angles. And what happens in Rocor quite a bit is that it it kind of switches angles like that. It is you know one point you're you know you're at a top angle portion of the game and you know or you know um, isometric sort of section, very similar to Dead Nation. Then at one some point some points it gives you it, it goes like from from a rear view and then you're fighting a boss or something like that and then there's sections that are a bit platforming but not too much it's more you, you you can jump but it's a little bit more grounded but I've also never haven't played all of the game uh, officially you know the my job on the on the game was mostly to you know provide the the visuals for the cinematic portions of the game right. Right, yeah, because like the cinematics of the game are essentially like a motion comic, right? Yep, it's a motion comic. It was, um, yeah, it's a just it's a motion comic that, that we that we produced. Literally, the uh, funny thing about the game is that it was the the, the, the you know, excuse the motion comic is like produced by a lot of other professionals in the industry. Not only me. Officially, I originally was supposed to do it, but being the way the scheduling was going to work, we actually ended up hiring about a uh, you know five other artists to kind of assist in the process. So the beginning of the game, a lot of the beginning, the beginning of the game and other portions of the game, you'll see my, my artwork and then it'll kind of transition. And then as the game, when I, I, uh, when I came back to, you know, the, in the end to kind of help, you know, a lot of the artwork to kind of look similar, you know, as a, because a lot of the artists didn't exactly draw like me. So it's like, okay, we try to keep this kind of consistent look throughout the whole game. Keep it like stylistically yeah, very exactly. much the same as, as, as much as possible, yeah. I guess, in a sense. Yeah, exactly. And um, what was pretty cool too is that you were mentioning how on the E3 show floor, your artwork is like right there, like fully prominent at the uh, at the actual like, Konami booth there, right? Yeah, there's not officially. There's no Konami booth. There's like a Konami meeting section. Like if you've been to E3 for the last maybe five years or no three years, I want to say Konami mm-hmm. has all kind of always had like a room on the in the in the press section of the, of the building where all the, you know, the meeting rooms are business dealings and and all that. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and usually those things are by appointment. So if you're a media, like, you know, Robert knows this where you go in, yeah, you know, you go in and you make your appointment or they contact you and you make your appointment. So it's in that. And we're in a whole section of the whole area where we have like arcade machines all done up with my artwork on it. There's a big, there's a bunch of murals on the wall of the work that I did too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's awesome to see, and like, and I imagine too that you've you've had like a lot of people kind of like pass by who like make uh, you know who make like comments on like the art too because it is really yeah. really really cool art. So they say they, they every, everyone seems to really like their art, and I'm really happy about that. Now, let me ask you this in, in regards to the character design because this game has some whacked out character designs. <laughs> I'm saying they're really great characters, like a panda, you know, like all sorts of, how did you, how did you guys come up with these characters? Cause obviously we're, we're not talking like just normal Bill and Lance. We're not, we're not even talking like, you know, the wolf <laughs> from hardcore. We're, we're talking like a panda. We're talking like all sorts of, how did you guys right. come up with these designs? Well, I mean, officially also again on those, on that section, section of things, uh, when we got the, the game, mm-hmm. 
um, to do the cinematics and stuff for. We actually didn't design any of oh, those characters. Right. Oh, that's so right. Those that's characters right. were all those old characters because the game is developed in Japan at Konami. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we, you know, it's us in the states doing the story sides, and it's them over oh, there doing right. all that's the right. things. Sorry. But, so yeah, so it's the original. So yeah, I don't know where they they were going. Well, okay, but <laughs> from mean, your perspective, what it was like, what was like working on these characters? Main, yeah, like the, the main guy, the main guy Kaiser, who is he has the feel of Bill, mm-hmm. yeah, but like Bill with a giant cybernetic arm. So I, yeah, I'm not exactly sure sure what they what they were going with that, but I do know one thing where um, you know the Tenzin game in China. Right. Yeah, yeah. So um, I know that our our uh, our our director did see that sort of stuff, and he noticed that they had a bear. So I think he maybe just saw that and said, "Hey, <laughs> they got a bear. We got a bear too." Yeah, I guess like something to like maybe like appeal to like the Chinese crowd as well, since obviously like the Chinese nah, is kind nah, of like, think, like a big market. Just, I think he just wanted to put a crazy, be- just put a, a, a funky bear in there. Like that's I that's fair too. I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't. At least from meeting him, he seems like a kind of a you know like a fun kind of loving sort of guy, and you know. He, not afraid to make those little like just do some goofy things i'm like come on he he directed hardcore right yeah like, the, you know the original hardcore game Wh- where did that wolf thing come from he's like <laughs> okay we got a robot a wolf and two guys i'm like really right <laughs> so i'm, I'm sure. thinking it, it kind of comes from that same sort of mental space where he's like you know just, let's like put a fun character in there i, I mean, guess like to make each character like feel very, very different from each other yeah, yeah too, so, so uh you know Kaiser is like you know the kind of like the main guy. Then we have uh, Hari Curry, who is a uh, lady with the sword. She's got a bit of a I don't know how many much detail they had got on her yet, but I do know that she is half infected by an alien. So that yeah, if you the look at her, like in her stomach, and she kind of looks like Krang almost. Yeah, she's, <laughs> she's got that alien or something. And it's and it's an alien from the Alien Wars. So like this game takes place, you know, uh, a few years after the Alien Wars. So he actually decided he wanted to connect it directly to his, his games within the series. Mm, that makes sense. And I'll so. tell you what, was there, there was one moment in what was that Kaiser was like embracing a missile and directing it toward the ground. Like he was <laughs> hugging the missile. <laughs> uh, like this guy's just friggin' nuts. <laughs> They'd be like, I can't wait to actually try this in the game. That'd be just, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that move is a, like, a, like a finisher move. So like not every enemy can be blown away by using um by using your 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 regular guns. A lot of it you what you can do is like you know you can uh, use a, a sort of a like a melee or a, a, like a shoulder thrust and he uses it on spe- if you use it on specific enemies he has the ability to kind of grab them and to do a finisher on them. So like for some of the enemies if you get them dizzy you can just kind of throw them into each other or throw them into like other you know throw them into different interactable item things in within the environment. And then for that one, that guy, he just like that's like a finisher that he has. Also, the also there's like the finisher, and then there's also the thing where like he has like a a move that like blows everybody out of the water, which is that. Oh, nice. too. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because I saw that during like the uh, the like, trailer, and uh, like you know it just you know saw you know saw like all the animations and everything, and it just kind of made me think that they must have added like super moves or something in here. So like, is this like you know as, as you said like it's activated by doing some sort of like melee attack and just kind of like activates if the enemy's like low on health or something? Well, no, that one is like you you like um, I think you get like an item for that for like in other words like you it fills up like a gauge or something like that, and once you okay yeah you know, it's like um, it's like if. You know, in Final Fight, when you press the punch and the kick button together, and they do a different move, right? Yeah, kind of like that. But except instead of that, it just like it's one button, and it just not you know essentially it's a wave that knocks everybody out. Nice, nice. Okay, so I, I guess it's kind of like um, I guess thinking back to like Streets of Rage One, it's like calling like the like police car and like yeah, it's like screen. calling the police. Yeah, it's exactly you calling like calling the police car or something like that, and it blows the whole the things up. The waves of enemy i think dead nation has something similar too where you can kind of just blast everybody around you because there's all these waves of things coming in yeah it's like a screen clearing move basically in that sense yeah exactly that's really cool and you were mentioning before too like about how like there was like the tie-in with like contra 3 the alien wars and uh, yeah. that's 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 really cool too like as far as like i guess like tying in the lore of contra because contra you know, for for all like intensive purposes, like Contra is basically like, spoofing off of like um, off of, like Alien, like you know, mm-hmm. uh, like all those like big like action movies like back in the eighties and nineties and all that. Um, so like I, like I don't know if there's like any other like um, elements that like call back to the Alien Wars that you can like refer to in this game. There is a few other things I, I that, that, that 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 we 
the, I mean, I, again, I can't also comment on the whole game because, again, I haven't fully seen the whole game. Most Again, mostly the, it's just story stuff. But, yeah, there's definitely little bits and pieces that we tried to work in there. One thing I, I'll tell people to look out for is because I, I, I knew doing the artwork and I know the, the people that are looking at it, I actually tried to throw little bits of Contra lore and thing like, you know, like drawings and things that were of things that exist in the Contra world. Like I even threw a, there's a, even a pro projector uh, Easter egg in the game in the oh, in my, nice. in my little comics there, too. That's amazing. That's really, really cool. <laughs> Are there any like callbacks to like uh, any like the enemies from the SNES game as well? Or I don't. Well, we only dealt with with you know, I think some, but not. I don't know all all of them. Uh, I know there's the uh, the big Terminator looking enemy. Yeah, that, that guy. Yeah. He's in it, and there's a couple of other ones. But again, I haven't actually seen all of them. And a lot of our a lot of our comics do not fully go into those. You know, go into the, the kind of grunt enemies and too many of the boss enemies. Right. It's like the in-between kind of stuff, really, right? Yeah, it's like an in-between stuff, and some of it's a bit of a flashback and tells you all that stuff, but I can't really go into detail as to what the full yeah, connection is to what, what it is. Sure, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, it, it is just kind of cool, though, that it does have that connection and the fact that it is kind of like trying, you know, to really, like, tell a story and have that connection, really, for, like, for fans who did grow up on the older games. So, that you know, so it's, it's really neat to see. But uh, one thing about the game is, like, it's it was an interesting way that, that it was designed, like, because Nakazato-san had a... Um, you know, had an idea as to the way he, you know, the, the, the bigger narrative of the story. Mm-hmm. But I think he wanted to concentrate more on the gameplay and trying to make a, might make a fun little, a fun game. And that's so, what makes Contra really. So yeah. So, yeah, so <laughs> yeah. like when we got the game, when we got a lot of the game, the game was, was like in sort of beta mode. Like he, like the, like things looked like they were really fleshed out. All this stuff was ready to go and they were moving pretty good. So like, when we when we when we came in to do the the interludes, that's when he started. You know, that's when we we kind of wrote our script and stuff based on the the, the you know the, the the drafts and stories that he had set up to what this universe was. Very cool. And um, I'm kind of curious, Emilio, as well, like as far as like what your I guess like favorite contra memory or moment has been in any of the games that you played. Oh, I have to say though, man, like I think it, I think it is in the Alien Wars where you're. On those giant missiles. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! You're like <laughs> hanging off them, like with, with like one arm. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> They're shooting at that. Ju- yeah. <laughs> you know, I, uh, before we go on here, I do want to take a look here. Uh, Contra Rogue Corps is going to get physical copies, and I'm taking a look at the cover art here. Uh, it features a number of the characters here with that giant Terminator-like character in the background. Yeah, that's a yeah. I, I unfortunately, I wish I, I wish we I, we actually drew that not that I drew that stuff, but. They, they, that's all the CG art. <laughs> well, well, still, I mean, you know, it's just something to be proud of. And the fact that, you know, you can get a physical uh, is pretty yep. nice there. And uh, I understand the game also support multiplayer, right? Online and local, I believe it was. Yep. Nice. But yeah, well, that's what, that's what they revealed. <laughs> yeah, I see. And I understand, uh, what was it? You guys had some swag, too. Like, what was it? Glasses or something? Oh, no. It was uh, the swag for this, for the for Roadcore was a, a flask. Oh, oh nice. Nice. A flask that says Contra Okay, I'll, I'll tell you what. Yeah. I, I will push Tony down some stairs if you save me one of those. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty Tony. sure you don't have to put Tony to harm in order to get a flask. So. Tony's not even here. Uh, well, no, but next time I see him at a show, dude, I'll do it for you. <laughs> It'd be like, it's, it's like, for hey, the Tony, what are you doing? <laughs> for the road court. No, I can't hurt Tony. <laughs> but no, I mean, th- that's really cool, dude. I mean, we, we've been talking with you on, like, the Coalition for years. I, I know I've got some yeah. Fury episodes. David's been on a few of your episodes. I know we've driven you guys nuts over the weekends uh, <laughs> being on your E3 show. I know David's tried to kill me a couple times. Andre's tried to kill me a couple times. But uh, it's great to see that you're involved with the Contra team, dude. And we just saw your – I just saw your picture on Twitter with, uh, with the producer behind the show, behind the game. And uh, this has got to be a blast for you, dude, seeing your artwork, yeah. you know, all this stuff. Yeah, I would, you know, it's fun. Like, you know, I've worked in the industry and you know, art and comics and animation. It's like it's it's like one thing to kind of sit there for hours and hours and hours, and you're grinding away at this thing, and then finally to actually just see it somewhere, sitting mm. on a shelf or on a wall or on TV. It's it doesn't. It's just like wow. Okay, like you you. I still get that sort of magic that I, of seeing it somewhere. It's like also like you know. I also feel like sometimes like maybe with you too. It's like maybe you get that little bit of feeling like like. Like having like an article somewhere, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh wow, yeah. All right. Yeah. I just, damn. 
just like this completed work that's out there and people are enjoying it. Yeah. Especially absolutely. when you, especially when you think back to all the process of you kind of going through it, like for Contra Rocor, there was, you know, there was, we were moving pretty damn fast because as far as like, again, trying to get the artwork, you know, up to par and all that sort of stuff. I went up to like, I've been giving slight teases as to what, what was going on. Like I literally went up, like I live in Pennsylvania right now. I used to live in New York and I went up to New York for three months just working on that, working on the fi- doing the final spit shine on the, on those, on those sequences. That's awesome. Yeah, that man. is That's great really cool. new, man. I hope they, uh, I hope they call on you again. Maybe, maybe someday we'll get another Castlevania game. You never know. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you could like work on like the artwork for any video game franchise out there, like if you had your pick of the litter, if you will, which one would it be for you? Oh well, there's so many. Like, uh, I mean, my my my. You know, when I was young, I would always would have said I would have wanted to work on a Capcom game. You know, when they were still doing 2D fighters, animated oh, yeah. 2D fighters. But uh, I, you know, I would say yeah, like the Metal Gear franchise would be a really fun one to to, to handle. You know, like just to kind of you know take that to try to take that into a different location. Yeah, that's big shoes to fill, honestly. Like for, for like oh, the art yeah. style. I mean, those, here's yeah. the thing. The one thing the one thing about it is like you know anything that that gets that comes through there you know anything that comes after you know kojima left left is going to be seen with harsh eyes you know of course yeah and not to mention how you know things went down in the end you know not not that cool stuff but you know mm-hmm. one of those things that happens but yeah like that like also i you know i would like to resurrect like yeah, like because you remember you know, like i said before uh, konami owns like all of hudson's catalog Mm-hmm. So Bomberman, I mean, I would like I would like Ooh. to bring back friggin' Bloody Roar. I mean, God, oh yeah, fighting game, man. <laughs> I could definitely see that with like the art style behind it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. like we take like we t- like we really kind of t- go down with that idea. Essentially, like fighting Viper. You know what? Mm. There'd be nothing wrong with a Lords of a Lords of Thunder DLC pack for Contra Gear Corp. Just throwing it out there. I have no control over what's what's going to. We'll be put DLC. the producer on the phone. You're, you're, you're right there in Konami's booth. Let me talk to him. Excuse me, sir. I'd like to make a suggestion. You can plant those seeds, Emilio. <laughs> plant those seeds. So. <laughs> so you know, like obviously, as you mentioned before, like with uh, you know, with like being like part of like the uh, of like the industry for like a long while, like you know, with um, you know, with like your artwork and all that stuff. Um, you you also have like a, your your own like comic series that's uh, that's been getting uh, released lately too, right? Yes, for Skybound Entertainment. Skybound mm-hmm. makes the uh, Walking Dead uh, series as well as uh, Invincible. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's uh, I've actually worked with Kirkman's company before um, on a, a book called X. Uh, not, not Excellence, uh, Tech Jacket. Oh yeah, years ago. Mm-hmm. So I know Tech uh, Jacket. Yeah, so it was. It's it's really you know really cool to come back and this time this time around we're not doing something that was um, you know sort of a pre-existing uh, ca- comic character. These the excellence in this sense is a totally new world, totally new characters, and we're trying a lot of different things that I, at least I feel, would not be uh, possible in comics today. At least mainstream comics, right? Your Marvels and DCs and all that. Yeah, like there's a like there's a lot of things that you know, like when you when you do comics for the industry, there's there's a certain side of set like how things should sort of look. There's you know, even if the the the, the your, your um, editor editors or the higher ups don't actually say it to you, there's kind of a, a acceptable way that these sorts of things are going. You know, they want these sorts of things to be portrayed. Right. So, but for this book, I, I try. You know, me, uh, you know, Kari, who's drawing the book, I'm coloring the book, and we're kind of dipped into that. You know, the that side of ourselves where you know that didn't get to be put into other books where it's like, you know, what if we did this or what if we decided to do something a little bit more graphic and have a little bit less rendering something, you know, use, you know, very simple, you know, uh, color solutions, you know, stark, uh, um, graphic shadows, stuff like that. And mm. the great thing about all of this, you know, I think I was asked about this before and they're like, asked me like, what was the big difference between doing this book, you know, you know, working with Kari and, and Brendan on this book. And I was like, it's not really not that different from the way we worked before. Cause I've worked with Kari for years, but the biggest difference is actually the comic studio is saying, do what the hell you want. And that's mm. cool. It's liberating really nice. in that sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well you know, so you work in this, this time, you know, cause again, like you work for other people 
as much as they trust, they say that they sort of trust you to do the job. There's still a fair amount of control that's happening. There's still There's some want, expectations behind. Yeah, it. yeah they have. Yeah, yeah they, they want you to go in a specific direction. They want they, they want to do you yeah, like that. And it sometimes it can be like you know, hey guys, so why don't we try to you know to shake it up a little bit? Because that's the thing about comics. It's like we're not. We're, they, we we got to make this stuff exciting again. Like you mm-hmm. know, like how awesome is it to see these sorts of things happen again? And I really feel like we're trying to at least trying to make something that that looks really interesting that people might want to pick up something that looks different than everything else on the on the rack and that's one thing i i tend to do as as a creator like i'll go to a comic book store just to look at all the different things on the market and say and that and that's the thing looking at the industry and saying what is missing and where can we fit in that that's awesome man yeah and um, so just to kind of like close out this whole segment, where can people go in order to find like your work? Like, is there like a, like a, like a central website I, for all your I work? I have or? a website, but you can, the easiest way is you can actually find me on Instagram and Twitter at at E-M-A-N-N-L-A-N-D. And that's it. And E-Man I have a, Yep. E-Man Land. You always find, I always post all my artwork on there and you can find links to my website as well as my DeviantArt. <laughs> all that right. good stuff. And of course, we can catch you on the coalition over there with the Tony Polanco and the rest of those yes. nutcases yes, you, as well. <laughs> yep, you'll find. You also find us on. You'll find. You, thank you for reminding. Of course, <laughs> well, you, know, you can also find me as well as uh, you know me as co-host and our host Tony Polanco on Throwdown Show, which is every Thursday, and uh, we have also have our question show, which is uh, Throwdown Your Questions, which is on Sundays. Sounds good, man. You have a good rest of the show. That should be fun. And uh, Robert, I believe you have a game code to give away. Yep, I'm giving away another code for One Finger Death Punch 2. This is, of course, a rhythm-based beat-em-up action game that we uh, checked out at PAX East a couple months ago. Still got a few codes left. I'll give away a few here in a, over the next few weeks. But this is for Steam. It is 8LL30F693QQ7LMI. That is for One Finger Death Punch 2 on Steam. Enjoy. Sorry, it's not a Switch code. <laughs> uh, so uh, recently, uh, Insert Coin actually sent me a really nice jacket, and they actually gave me a, a code. So Ooh, Insert oh. Coin, if you guys don't know, they make a lot of really cool uh, game-related merchandise, like Metal Gear jackets, Shadow of the Colossus shirts, a bunch of Sony stuff. So yeah, so if you uh, go into InsertCoin.com, and this is a twenty percent co- uh, off code, it is Lopez L O P E Z I C two. All right. Nice. Very cool. Thanks, buddy. There you go. Choose your character. That's going to lead us now to the part of the show called Random Select, which is a yes or no 15-question game to guess which video game character that I am this week. Uh, so basically, it's going to be Emilio and Robert acting as a team to guess which video game character that I am. If after five questions you don't get it, I'll give the first hint. After 10, they'll give the second hint. And if after 15 questions that you don't get it, then it's game over, as Raul Julia would say. So uh, whenever you guys are ready, you can start with the first yes or no question. Okay, I'll go ahead and go first. Do you use a gun? No. Okay, so you're out. You're not contra then. Okay. <laughs> do you use a sword? No. Let's see. Do you use a bird in a backpack? No. <laughs> you might want to make more generalized well, well, questions. Yeah. Just, just a hint. Sorry, a... you know. I figure Emilio should enjoy his E3. <laughs> uh, are you? Oh, wait, well, it's a yes or no questions, right? Are you a man? Hmm. I don't really have a gender, I'll say. Ooh, are you a Dragon Quest slime? Yes. Very yes. Good. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. The All gender right, thing is the... definitely, I was like, eh, yeah. I can't really say what the, what it is, really. So. <laughs> okay. All right. So what were the clues? <laughs> uh, so the first clue was just put on a happy face, since it's always smiling. Uh-huh. Uh, and I'm the unlikeliest mascot you've ever met. So. <laughs> uh, well, I guess there that was a pretty good one. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Very cool, guys. So nice job getting random selected. There. Yeah. Hey, you know, we got just enough time now, Amelia. You can go to the Mortal Kombat 11 uh, ice cream truck. Uh, yes. Ice cream goes. really close to closing now, about 30 minutes. Closing time. Just like. <laughs> but uh, yeah, thanks again for joining us, man. We know you're, you've got the hustle and bustle of the show floor, but appreciate it. Uh, Contra Gearcore, uh, does it have a release date or is it just coming sometime in 2019? Oh, no, we're, we're good. We got September. Uh, 
was September twenty fourth, I believe. Yes, yeah, September twenty fourth, twenty nineteen. Nice. And uh, you can play Contra Collection now if you guys are bored. Definitely recommend it. That's a lot of fun. Indeed, indeed. And uh, just like a shout out here to our patrons, uh, Francisco Limas and Mac the Ball. So thank you very much, guys, for helping support the show. And if you, too, would also like to support the show, you could check out patreon.com slash rcast for all sorts of amazing perks to help us uh, keep the lights on, basically. Yeah, so. and actually, you know, if you guys want to suggest your own uh, show ideas or you have ideas to, you know, pitch to us, by all means, take part in our Patreon. We, we are open ears to everybody. Mm-hmm. And also join our Discord, too, where you can, like, discuss with us as well as with, like, other fans of the show. So. And uh, I'm also happy to announce I am participating more in the Discord. I am chatting more with people and I'm giving codes away. So please drop by our Discord channel. And you could find the ArgCast on Twitter at ArgPodcast. Same thing for Facebook, facebook.com slash ArgPodcast. And you can find me on Twitter at TheGuiltyMan. Follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash TheDCD. You can also check out my work at MMOGames.com as well as GodHatesGeeks.com. And I'm happy to announce that I am now working with the team at ScuffGaming.com. My first blog went up this week. I recapped E3 with them and I will be doing game strategy stuff with them. So look forward to more of my babbling about their amazing products guys please be sure to check out our partner site don't feed the gamers at don'tfeedthegamers.com that's run by our good friend liana ruppert where her team give fan-centric news and reviews in gaming if you'd like to send us any feedback opinions retro games or topics for us to cover or anything at all really you can email us at rcasts at retrozap.com and be sure to check out retrozap.com for all sorts of other amazing podcasts It's your home away from home if you're crazy about Star Wars or pop culture in general. There's also us with Arcast, so be sure to find us on iTunes to subscribe, give us five stars, and tell your neighbors. We're also on Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play Music. So there's absolutely no reason to not follow another retro gaming podcast. And that is episode number 164 in the books. Until next time, keep it retro, and screw you, Red Falcon. (laughs) <laughs> take that okay you haven't messed with a pal- panda with a gun screw you yeah well maybe if you had like a cyborg panda on your side then you, you won't have to worry about red falcon <laughs> exactly. see now now it's when you it's when you piss off banjo kazooie that you're really screwed you know what yeah I mean? <laughs> maybe maybe man dude you know you're always welcome on the throwdown yep we might just uh stop by i'll piss off david again <laughs> yeah you could do that here okay <laughs> Yeah. Let's talk about the Witcher collection or the Witcher 3 again. Uh, no boy. Hey. Did you hear they're actually gonna fit all of that onto a Switch cartridge? I don't yeah. see how. I really don't see how. Like like yeah. magic, you know, CG Project Red knew it. They could put Keanu Reeves into a game because he's breathtaking. We're all breathtaking. We're all That's breathtaking, exactly. And we'll see you breathtaking guys next week. Catch you later. Later guys. Hi, I'm Chris Penwell from ActiveQuest. And I'm Joseph Yaden. We are a video game podcast that takes a deep dive into the news, covering the latest gaming trends and stories pertaining to the industry. We also do our best to cover the most recent games and like to have an ongoing discussion with the audience. You can contact us on Twitter at ActiveQuestShow or via email at ActiveQuestPodcast at gmail.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you hear. You can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Play. We appreciate you listening, everyone. And now, on to the show. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.